Welcome back, everybody, to the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry, the Fantasy Football Know-It-All. You can find me on Twitter at FFKnowItAll. Thank you all for hopping aboard today as we'll take a look at my top 25 wide receivers. I'll tell you about some values that I find in the mid-rounds as well as some wide receivers that I think it's better that you just stay away from. But first, I want to tell you guys about another podcast that I listen to regularly. It's called the Morning Smoke CLT. Join my man G as he speaks his mind about topics that we can all relate to. If you're like me and you enjoy relaxing and sinking your teeth into some thought-provoking conversation, then the Morning Smoke CLT is your cup of tea. You can find it on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are available. So make sure you check it out. Trust me, guys, you will be happy that you did. Before we dive into the wide receiver rankings, I want to fill you guys in on some things that I have been working on lately. I'm currently developing a website for the podcast, which will have my rankings, projections, and other content that you will not want to miss. I am also planning on having the site up and running by uh, hopefully the start of the 2020 NFL season. I'm also excited to announce that yours truly is currently the Pittsburgh Steelers beat writer for Skull King Sports. Anyone who knows me is well aware of how passionate I am about my beloved Steelers. Uh, Over the past two months, I have posted several articles, including a comprehensive draft recap, as well as several other pieces highlighting various topics of interest in the Steel City. For those who do not know, uh, Skull King Sports is a comprehensive website covering all major college and professional sports. Be sure to check them out at www.skullkingsports, that's S-K-U-L-L-K-I-N-G-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. You can filter by sport, team, or division. Regardless of what sports you follow, there is something for everybody at Skull King. There is also some NFL news that we really need to discuss. Um, ESPN is reporting that Dr. Tom Meyer, uh, the medical director of the Players Association, is advising players not to work out while the COVID pandemic persists. Now, I am of the opinion that this is going to persist as long as the press wants it to, but we'll leave that aside for now. What does this mean for the upcoming season? Uh, That's really the the topic we need to to discuss here. Uh, Who knows at this point? Uh, While the NFL has been steadfast in insisting that the NFL will start on time, we're going to need to keep an eye on this. Uh, For now, I will go under the assumption that we'll have a season and it will indeed kick off on September 10th when the Kansas City Chiefs host the Houston Texans. In other news, Dalvin Cook is reportedly threatening to hold out if he doesn't receive at least $10 million a year. Um, My thoughts on this are simple. Just take a look at Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon. Bell wasted an entire year trying to force the Steelers into a ludicrous contract and ended up signing with the Jets for far less than what Pittsburgh was offering originally. James Conner, while not nearly as prolific a runner as Bell, stepped in and filled the role just fine for the Steeler offense. Gordon held out but eventually returned to the Chargers. Um, However... Austin Eckler proved to be just as effective carrying the rock in L.A. Now Gordon's moved on, and Eckler is getting his chance. Uh, Same with Bell moving on from the Steelers, and Connor inserting himself into the mix. While Cook's situation might seem similar in many ways, there is one glaring difference. 
in my mind, Alexander Madison is just as talented, and some even believe he has a better skill set. If Cook holds out, fire up Madison as a workhorse, who I believe is capable of stealing this job and running away with it. Um, I do not see a scenario where the Vikings give in to Cook's demands, so this is a situation to closely monitor. Um, if we draw closer to the NFL season and Cook is holding out or his situation is in doubt, keep your eye on Madison and see where he's being taken. Even if Cook does sign or agree to play, his injury history is reason enough for you to pick up Madison if you are a Cook owner. But we can discuss that when uh, the season does kick off or when we get a little bit more information on the Dalvin Cook situation. Now, let's get down to business. There should be no question at all on who the number one wide receiver is um, in on my rankings or anybody else's rankings for that matter. Michael Thomas uh, finished last year as the number one um, wide receiver in fantasy, and for good reason. He is the number one target and really the only reliable target for Drew Brees and company down in New Orleans. He has no real competition. Sure, they signed Emmanuel Sanders, but an aging Sanders is a slot receiver. Breeze takes chances, even at his accelerated age, downfield. This is a passing offense first. Yes, they have Alvin Kamara. Yes, they have Latavius Murray. But there is no reason to believe that New Orleans isn't going to air out the football as they do every single season. There are no rankings that I can find where Michael Thomas is rated less than a number, the number two wide receiver off the board. Um, with that, I will ho hop over to my number two, and that's Devontae Adams. Now, I gave real thought to ranking Adams as my number one overall wide receiver. I came just short of doing so. However, um, firmly entrenched as my number two, I believe that Aaron Rodgers will bounce back and have a better year than last year. There is no true number two wide receiver in Green Bay. And as with New Orleans, I think Green Bay is going to throw the ball a lot more this year. Um, now, there's some reason to doubt that, of course, as um, Green Bay could run the football. They did draft a running back as well as having Aaron Jones still on hand. So we'll have to see where uh, how that all plays out. But Devontae Adams, is the he's super talented. He's the only true threat in that passing game. So I really believe he's going to put up some numbers. He was uh, one of my bounce-back candidates in a previous episode. I see no reason to doubt that here. I am happy if I get him as my number one wideout in uh, the upcoming draft. Number three, Tyreek Hill. I have avoided Hill in uh, drafts up to this year, and, you know, maybe I just was slow to come around to his talent and, and what he can, can do. He was just so hit or miss. He would have weeks where he would win you the entire week, and he, he could win you a playoff game. But there were other times where he just didn't even show up, or he would have a low total. So a boomer bust player sure at times but I really do believe he's coming into his own and a full season with Pat Mahomes as the Chiefs try to repeat from their world championship season a year ago I think that uh, you could do a whole lot worse at as your first number one wide receiver than Tyreek Hill number four Julio Jones Jones year in and year out does nothing but produce there has uh, his 
ability to score touchdowns has been called into question, and rightfully so. There was a point a couple of years back where he was on pace for 1,600 yards and no touchdowns. Now, that's not going to happen. I believe that Matt Ryan will have another bounce-back year. As he has shown every other season, he finishes within the top 10, and I do believe that will happen again this year. Uh, I like this offense this year. I like the way it's set up. I think that Todd Gurley will enable the passing game to flourish with um, with reliable production out of the backfield. He's always reliable. And even though he did earn a moniker of being injury-prone, he plays through these injuries and still produces. So Julio Jones is fired up and ready as a top-five option. Number five is where things get a little bit more interesting. We have DeAndre Hopkins. Now, he is in a similar offense to what he had in Houston. However, there are more options, a lot more options. Um, Will Fuller was the second wide receiver in Houston last year with 49 catches. Now he joins an offense where Larry Fitzgerald caught 75 passes last year. So I don't think that Fitz is going away. He still plays out of the slot, and he is going to be a target for Kyler Murray in this offense. Christian Kirk is there. So my thought process here is DeAndre Hopkins is fine. He's talented and all of that. I think he takes a step back, changing teams. So we're going to have to see uh, whether or not that holds true. But I don't see a better option here. If you if the other four are off the board, maybe the guy at number six, who we'll talk about in a minute. But I really do believe that Hopkins is the guy you should go with here at number five. Now, number six is Kenny Galladay. Last year, without Matthew Stafford for half the season, he finished as the ninth overall wide receiver, and that's with only 65 catches. He did have 11 touchdowns, which padded his stats a little bit. Um, Now that Stafford will be back and presumably healthy, I believe that uh, Detroit is going to pass the ball, as they never run the ball with any type of success. So I think that Detroit will be throwing often, and if that's the case, then the sky's the limit with Galladay. He has top three upside. Do I think he'll finish top three? Not necessarily. But he is definitely a guy that if you go wide receiver heavy and he falls to you in the third round, go with it. He is definitely a guy that I would feel comfortable with if I have two solid running backs as my wide receiver one. Number seven, Odell Beckham Jr. I have him higher than a lot of people here, and that's just because his talent is so great that I don't feel he's going to um, I don't I, I feel that he's only going to produce and if we believe that Baker Mayfield will rebound and I do believe that then Odell Beckham Jr. is a solid number one wide receiver if you again if you wait um, I don't know where he's going to go in drafts I've been in some drafts where he hasn't gone until the third or fourth round I don't think many drafts are going to have that but you never know you could end up with wide receiver one talent um, in the third or fourth round hard to pass that up um, honestly number eight is another guy that I love I've targeted him every year since his rookie season in 2015 and that is Allen Robinson another situation where talent outweighs everything else Um, Nick Foles is better than Mitch Trubisky and the Bears are looking to improve on their 8-8 finish last year and hopefully make a run at that division. 
Will that happen? Who knows? But Robinson has produced with lesser quarterbacks than uh, Nick Foles. In fact, one can argue that Foles is the best quarterback that he's ever played with. So I like Robinson a lot this year, and he is another guy that I am fully comfortable as my number one guy if I go wide receiver heavy. So it seems to be a theme here with the 6 through 10 crowd, um, although it gets a little cloudy after that. Number nine, Chris Godwin. Last year, he finished as the number two overall wide receiver in PPR. Is that going to happen again? No, I don't think so, um, for many reasons. One, Brady is now on board in Tampa Bay, and yes, Brady is a much better quarterback than Jameis Winston. I don't think anybody can argue that. I mean, Brady is, is in the conversation as the best all time, but he's not a prolific passer, or at least he hasn't been. Yes, he does target his wide receivers and he does typically center on one of them to be the go-to guy mike evans is there so we don't know if it's going to be godwin or evans um so we'll see i'm going with godwin here as i think he'll play more out of the slot and that is where brady really peppers his wide receivers so um another thing to consider here is tampa bay doesn't seem to be in a position where they're going to be down in many games. I, I'm, I, I think they'll be up and nursing a lead, so that's where I think Godwin is going to come down to earth a little bit. As Jameis Winston was throwing the ball all over the field last year as they were down in almost every game. Um, Bruce Arians likes to air the ball out. Brady has the talent and the arm strength to still do that. So we'll have to watch this, but I'm projecting Godwin to finish inside the top 10, but certainly not at number 2. Number 10 is Robert Woods. My belief is that Woods will pick up uh, most of, or at least a good portion of the targets vacated by Brandon Cooks. You can look at um, the emergence of the tight end position in L.A. for the Rams. I don't think that that was by design. I think that was by Cooks being injured and they needed to adjust their game plan. Um, we'll talk about that more when we get to the tight end preview, but I like Robert Woods' talent over Cooper Cup. Um, I believe that Woods will be the number one guy, especially um, in deep uh, passing situations. He has shown nothing but the ability to catch the ball and make plays since he's been with the Rams. So Woods is a guy that I am comfortable targeting more as a wide receiver two than one. However, depending on what my running back situation is, I can settle with Woods as my number one, but I need to have a really solid core of running backs that are going to catch the football. Okay, so at number 11, I'm going to go with Mike Evans. Now, as I talked about with Chris Godwin, we are still unsure of Brady's role in this offense and what Bruce Arians is looking to do in Tampa Bay. However, last year on what was basically a down year for Mike Evans, he had 67 catches over 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. Those are great numbers, and, and you'll take those from a wide receiver one, and we're not even projecting him. He's on the tail end of that, being at number 11. He certainly still is in the wide receiver one category, but you might want to pair him with somebody earlier to have a really solid uh, one-two punch out of your uh, receiver core if you're going to wait on running back. Um, the only question I have here, again, is whether or not he'll play in the slot or on the perimeter. 
a lot of people are calling for um, Chris Godwin to play in the slot and, and Evans to be on the perimeter, and that's very possible. I think it's going to be flip-flopped. I think Evans is going to get more play on the inside, and I think that'll open up more opportunities for him to be more of a Julian Edelman role. He's a huge body, which if you're running the huge body in the middle of the field, of course you're going to have Gronk and you're going to have O.J. Howard, so there are those things to consider as well. But he's honestly too good of a talent to really be overlooked here in the top among the top 12 wide receivers, which is why I have Mike Evans at number 11. Number 12, Adam Thielen. Sure, they did draft Jefferson in uh, in the 2020 NFL Draft, and even though Jefferson is talented, and I think he'll do well, I do believe that the rapport that Thielen has developed over the past couple of seasons with Kirk Cousins will play into his production here. And if Dalvin Cook holds out and they don't give Alexander Madison the workload out of the passing game that I expect Cook to get, then you might just see Thielen tick up a little bit here. But perfectly fine here at number 12. Number 13 is a guy that I feel can finish higher depending on the production of his quarterback, and that's T.Y. Hilton. Uh, With Rivers, Philip Rivers coming on board in Indianapolis, I expect a Keenan Allen type role for him in this offense. If he stays healthy, you can expect anywhere from 75 to 110 catches, um, 1,000 yards, and easily six to ten touchdowns. Will it happen? Who knows? But I think that it very well could, especially with a muddy backfield uh, running the football. I think that Rivers is going to throw it. I think he has something to prove still. So, And I do think he has the arm strength to do so. I like Hilton here at number 13. 14, I have DJ Moore from Carolina. Another guy that I believe in. Um, Talent is there, but will the opportunity be there? Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is not going to run as Cam Newton would have if he was still on board here in Carolina. Um, DJ Moore is easily the most talented wide receiver on this roster. I, I know that there are a lot of folks who like Robbie Anderson. Anderson is a speedster who is a touchdown-dependent uh, wide receiver. He's nothing more than that, and I'm not even going to draft him, quite honestly. Um, with Greg Olson gone, um, I think that there are some targets there that Moore will pick up. I am not a believer in Ian Thomas, and I am equally not a believer in Curtis Samuel. So you can fire up DJ Moore as a number two, a solid number two wide receiver, and not even give it a second thought. At number 15 is a guy that I struggled with a bit, and that is Amari Cooper. Dallas has three talented wide receivers, and there is no certainty which one will finish as the go-to guy. As long as Dak Prescott is there, which I expect him to be, um, then Cooper will be the number one guy. What his workload is going to be and and what his production will be, that remains to be seen. But Dallas is in a position where they're going to need to start winning soon. Their collapse last year was something that, if you know Jerry Jones at all, he's not going to set well with. So, um, again, it's dependent on Dak. I know there are um, there's some turmoil there as Dak has wanted a long-term high-paying contract so we will have to keep our eyes peeled and see what goes on even if Andy Dalton steps into the role if Dak holds out or something like that 
I still expect Cooper to be um, the A.J. Green in this offense, if you will, should Dalton uh, be under center. So um, Cooper's scary, and he scares me. Um, but uh, then again, you can definitely do worse here as a number two wide receiver. There's wide receiver one upside all over the place. Number 16 is Cooper Cup. Now, there is a scenario where Cup could finish inside the top 10 if the Rams decide to give him the lion's share of the targets. He does have a rapport with Jared Goff. We've seen that in the past, and he works a lot out of the slot. Um, But there's enough uncertainty with the Rams that I am not really willing to take the chance here. Um, I I think there are other guys that I'll talk about in a bit. Um, In fact, the next guy in particular that I think I would rather have rather than Cooper Cup. He's fine as a number two guy. He really is. But um, make sure you grab somebody sooner to be your wide receiver one. Number 17 is a guy that um, I really like. Um, before the draft, I was very, I was much higher on, uh, on him, and that's Cortland Sutton. I like his opportunity in this offense, but his production and value are so dependent on the progression of Drew Locke that I wonder what's going to happen here. And also, they did take Jerry Judy in the draft, so you have, a the, by all accounts, um, the highest-rated wide receiver on the draft board coming into this offense. To what degree that affects Sutton, that remains to be seen. I do believe there can be a one-two punch here, but again, it really depends on Drew Locke and his ability to throw the football with accuracy. And uh, bringing in Melvin Gordon could be a sign that they are going to go more run heavy. Um, so, again, in this part of the draft, you're you're looking at a number two guy that you think can give you some production. And Sutton is definitely fitting that bill for me. And I'm perfectly happy with him as a wide receiver too. Number 18 is A.J. Brown. Simply put, Brown is good at football. I mean, no... The, Last year should leave no doubt in your mind. Um, Although I am hesitant to believe the Titans are going to produce in the passing game with Ryan Tannehill like they did last year. Um, However, I am not really worried about Corey Davis as a threat. Um, That ship has sailed long ago. I am passing hard on Corey Davis. So A.J. Brown is definitely a guy that I feel can be a solid number two on your roster with wide receiver one upside. Again, it hinges on Tannehill and his ability to throw the football. Tannehill is a guy that I've always liked. Um, he's definitely not going to be, I'm not going to draft him as one of the top 10 wide, uh, top ten quarterbacks off of my uh, board. But if you get him in the late rounds, you can do a whole lot worse. So Again, it depends. It depends on if they're up in games. If they're up in games, they're just going to pound the rock with Derrick Henry. But I expect them to be fighting for the game a lot. So the passing game is going to play heavily in their success. And um, for that reason, A.J. Brown is in my top 20 at number 18. Number 19, Juju Smith-Schuster. Big Ben's return can only mean good things for Juju. Um, He will do better than he did last year. I think that's for certain. I don't think anybody can really um, doubt that, Um, as long as Ben stays healthy, of course. If Deontay Johnson can continue to improve as a deep threat as well, then the sky is the limit, really, for this young wide receiver. If he can go back to playing the role where he, that found him so much success when Antonio Brown was still there, then Juju is, is going to finish much higher than 19. And where he's being drafted, 
depending on who you have in your draft with you, uh, the savvy player might take him sooner, yet there are those that are hesitant enough that he may drop and fall. Juju is another guy that is a wild card. It really just depends on where you can find him and if he's a value. Um, I'm hesitant. I need to see what's going on in Pittsburgh before I can tell you whether or not I think he will finish in the top 20. But again, at this point, you can do much worse. Number 20 is Calvin Ridley. In a down year for Matt Ryan in 2019, he had 63 catches, 866 yards, and 7 touchdowns. A 1,000-yard finish with double-digit TDs is not out of the realm of possibility this season. Um, Matt Ryan, as has been proven in the past, should continue to have his uh, on-season after an off-season. So I am happy to take Ridley as my number two. Uh, All right, maybe happy is a strong word. I am comfortable taking Ridley as my number two, but I'm going to want to probably back that up with something, uh, somebody with upside later on. Um, again, it really just depends on the makeup of your team and what you have in the running game. So at this point in time, you're just looking at your team's makeup and uh, building yourself up for success. Keep in mind that I uh, my rankings are PPR, full PPR. I see no reason to play anything else, but... Um, Calvin Ridley is definitely a guy that can see some very good production in this Atlanta offense. Number 21 is a guy that, well, there's a lot of differing opinions on what's going to happen with him, and that's A.J. Green. Is he finished? I don't think so. My only question here is his ability to stay on the field. Where he's getting taken, though, I think it's worth the, the worth the risk. He's falling in most drafts, to an unsettling level. If he gets you any production at all, I think he's a value. Um, And I do believe he's worth the risk. If you could end up with a top 10 wide receiver in the mid to later rounds of your draft, I think you do it. At this point, you're adding depth. Um, A wide receiver three or perhaps a bench player, do it. There are there's a when you see the rest of this list, there might be only one or two other guys that you would consider before AJ Green, at least in my mind. And the number twenty two is a guy that fits that bill, and that's Keenan Allen. I have targeted Allen many times since two thousand fourteen. Um, there are many question marks in this Los Angeles offense, and Tyrod Taylor uh, might be the quarterback for the entire season. I don't think so. I think uh, Justin Herbert is going to step in at some point. Of course, a lot of that depends on how they start the season. If the Chargers start the season with a winning record and are competing, they're going to stick with Tyrod. So um, either way, I think Allen is fine if you take him as a wide receiver two or three. He is no longer on my radar, though, as a top 12 wide receiver. Um, So draft him with caution. Number 23 is a guy that has great upside, although his offense and team are terrible, and that's Terry McLaurin. He's the only threat in this passing game, and uh, Haskins has been absolutely terrible. And I don't think he's really going to improve all that much. I don't think he's that good at football in the NFL, at least. Um, Still, Washington will be down, or at least I believe they will, in most of their games this season. So the opportunity is definitely there for McLaurin to catch a lot of passes, which is what you're looking for in a PPR uh, wide receiver. 
He is certainly a good number. He's a decent number two, but he's more of a wide receiver flex option in my mind. And the majority of the wide receivers at this point are going to be flexes. You should have your team built up by the time you get to draft a McLaurin or a Jarvis Landry who comes in at number 24. Landry is another guy that's a fine addition in the mid to later rounds. He's not going to kill your team, but he's far removed from his days in Miami where he was a PPR machine. Um, Again, I mentioned this earlier, Baker Mayfield should improve, and he's going to need more than one or two passing options in that offense. So I'd rather take a chance on a younger guy here, but still, if Cleveland does improve, like I said they would, then he may post decent numbers in a PPR format. Certainly a good flex play, but nothing more. Finishing it out at number 25 is a guy that I've struggled with for really a couple of reasons, and that is DK Metcalf. Number one, Seattle has been a running team the past few seasons, and they added Carlos Hyde along with Chris Carson to this roster. They could have Rashad Penny ready for the season, but I don't think so. So um, that's the number one reason. Number two, Tyler Lockett is still there. I've never really loved Lockett, and I I still don't. Um, I think he had his chance to take this number one job, and he did okay. Um, He had some weeks where he boomed, and he had some weeks where he didn't even show up. They missed Doug Baldwin. It's that simple. I think Metcalf can go ahead and fill that Doug Baldwin role, and at number 25, you can get him later on in your draft. And there is wide receiver upside here, wide receiver one upside, especially if Russell Wilson throws the football. But I don't project that that's going to happen. But either way, he's going to be the number one on this team. So you can do a whole lot worse at this point. Now, the wide receiver pool is muddy and honestly quite scary at this point. Every single one of them is a roll of the dice, in my opinion. And um, I get headaches when I try to rank them or try to look at it. And the mock drafts I've done, I want to really throw up when I get to this point in the draft if I don't have a solid lineup. We'll talk more about draft strategy later on in the um, as the training camp hopefully opens up on time and we get more um, word on the NFL season and when that might kick off. But I hesitate to draft a quarterback or a tight end early for this reason. I want to stock up on wide receiver and running back as much as I can. So a little bit, a little nugget of success here. My teams, my championship teams have always been built the same way. I draft four running backs and four wide receivers before I draft anything else. And a lot of times I've gone five and five. You can find a quarterback that'll do just fine for you in late rounds. And you can definitely find a tight end or you can stream tight end. Don't lock up a position. Sure. Travis Kelsey might be worth it if he drops and George Kittle. Those are the only two I would even consider from the tight end quarterback I'm not considering anybody sure Lamar Jackson could repeat last year I don't think he will Pat Mahomes is a great addition he's going to be solid week in and week out but you can get this production or similar production later on so lock up your wide receivers and your running backs early so that you can build a solid foundation again we'll cover this more as I get into the draft strategies portion of my podcasts but Um, At least if I can leave you with that nugget today, then I will definitely do so. 
So that will wrap up my top 25 wide receivers. There are some guys in there I, I feel you should stay away from, and there are some that are falling to a level where they are great values. So you just have to see how your team is constructed and then go ahead and, um, and figure things out from there. I want to thank you all for, once again, allowing me into your lives. Um, I, I certainly do appreciate it. Your support and your feedback uh, are nothing short of amazing. And, and the encouragement everybody has given me um, since I went out on my own to do the podcast is greatly appreciated. I want to give um, some shout-outs by name to people who listen on a regular basis. And uh, Chris Henderson, um, my trading buddy from my home league, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate your insights. I often incorporate them into my thought process when I do my rankings. And uh, the Drew Locke comparison earlier comes from Chris. Chris feels that uh, that Drew Locke is going to be uh, or might be a value later in drafts because nobody's going to draft him. You could take him after your kicker. And if he pans out, then that is, uh, that's going to be a value for you. Uh, I want to thank Robert Bove. Uh, Robert is, uh, he got me into my home league, so I definitely appreciate you listening, brother. My coworkers, you guys all know who you are. I, I too many to name, of course, but you guys all know who you are, and I, I appreciate it all. Mike, Khadija, Nick, you guys are the best, and I appreciate all the support. So that is going to wrap up the wide receiver rankings, and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you found something that you could take with you and incorporate into your drafts. And, and I will hopefully have updates on the uh, the website as well as uh, some of the other projects I'm working on. And, and don't forget, be sure to hop over to www.skullkingsports.com and filter by AFC North or Steelers and check out my articles and let me know what you think. Um, hit me up on Twitter at FFKnowItAll. I am always open to feedback and I really would like to hear from you guys. And until next time, continue to do everything that you need to do to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs>